Hey, it's after 5 o'clock on a Friday. The weekend begins. And it's time to ask the preacher. As we do every Friday from 5 until 6 o'clock. Brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Located in North Lakeland. Ask the Preacher with John Freed. Sitting in for John today is George Locke. Yip, 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 yippee. It is Friday. What a great day it is. I hope everybody is enjoying their ride home. Drive safely with the uh, thunderstorms going on. This is a reminder that uh, you can call in, have your questions answered. You can talk about uh, what we're discussing today. The phone number to call in is 863-682-1430. You can also join in on the conversation at askthepreacher.com. That's askthepreacher.com. You can find previous episodes there. You can submit questions, and we will do our best to answer those questions um, within the you know, next couple of episodes after you submit it. But uh, call in, 863-682-1430. What a crazy week it has been in the headlines. And um, if you are a fan of the show, you know that we often talk about current events and how it relates to our lives, uh, not only as Americans, but as Christians. Uh, And I'm going to try to avoid that as much as possible today uh, because two reasons. One... It's good just to take a reprieve from all of the insanity and constant lies coming from uh, mainstream media and uh, the the media apparatus of the Democrat Party. So uh, we're going to try to take a reprieve from that. But if you got a question in regards to current events and how it maybe all ties into Bible prophecy or where we're at in God's timeline or or whatever the case might be, you can call in and you can do that. But if you guys have uh, been listening to me uh, during our previous shows, you'll know that I'm a nerd. I uh, I quite enjoy the study of the Bible. I like to know what we believe and why we believe it, and I like to really get into the to the real kind of hidden treasures. Second uh, Kings tells us that it is the the pleasure of God to uh, conceal a matter and the treasure of kings to seek those things out. So I like to seek out those things, and there's no coincidence with God, as the rabbis would say in their oral traditions. So uh, we're going to try to dig a little deep into to some things. we got a bunch of questions that uh, we're going to do our best to answer and see if we can stay uh, relatively on topic without uh, going too far into the, to the weeds. And, and so with all that being said, I just want to give you one more a uh, quick reminder of a political event that is coming up. It is Election Day, August 23rd. Uh, hopefully you have registered to vote. We've been harping about it. Uh, you had to register to vote by the 25th of July. So if you are registered to vote, it is vitally important that you either vote early uh, or that you get out on August 23rd and vote not only for judges and representatives, but the Polk County School Board. We we got to make sure that uh, conservative candidates are getting onto the school board so that uh, these folks who have just been running the public schools into the ground uh, can no longer do so. So with that being said, we're going to jump into our first question here, and it's quite a bit of a doozy. So everybody put your theologian caps on and scholar caps on, and we're going to try to uh, dig a little deep into this first question, which is, uh, let's see, my question is, If we were banned from the garden and the tree of life, and 
if only the righteous in Christ put on immortality, how can a person exist in eternal punishment if they have not been bestowed with eternal life? Uh, that's a good question, and uh, I think I would probably answer it like this. You know, the the idea of life eternal, most people usually um, equate it to a time, right? Like we're, we're, we're passing through time and it just never ends and uh, we, don't, we don't age. So that's not really what eternity is. Eternity is outside of time. There is no concept of time and eternity. And so the Bible makes it pretty clear throughout its narrative that uh, life and death spiritually is not living in this kind of physical realm that we know without aging Life is to be in the presence of God, and death is to be apart from his presence. Uh, the absence of God is death. And uh, John 1.1 1, 1 makes it pretty clear. In John 1.1, 1, 1 it says that uh, in him is life, and the life is the light of men. You know, it's not that, um, you know, there's these physical attributes of life and death. There's just God and the absence of God. He is life, and to be in his presence is to have eternal life. And to be apart from him is to be spiritually dead, as they uh, say. So, so it's a good question, um, but there is a place that we go at uh, the time of our physical department. We stand before the Creator, and we answer for... Uh, either violating or keeping his law, and you will either be allowed to be in his presence and want to be in his presence, or you will choose not to be in his presence, and that is the difference of eternal life and eternal death, so to speak, uh, in the biblical narrative. <clears throat> Our next question here, oh boy, this is a big one. We might have to answer this one after the break. I'm going to give you guys the question. I want you to ponder it. And then uh, come up with your own ideas, and I'll do my best to tackle it. But here's the question. Being that 666 is used in the Old Testament for the amount of gold Solomon received in 1 Kings, are we really to believe that it wouldn't have been on John's mind when writing Revelation 13? How does Solomon's 666 in 1 Kings relate to... The Mark of the Beast in Revelation 13. That's a pretty long question. All of you Bible scholars out there, I want you to think about it. Join in on the conversation. Maybe share your thoughts. I'm going to answer that when we come back from this break. Just a reminder, the phone number is 863-682-1430. We'll see you in just a few. But now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher. Your weekly chance to have your Bible questions answered. Brought to you by Believers Fellowship. Sitting in for John Freed this week is George. Welcome back, you beautiful people. Just a reminder, the phone number is 863-682-1430. And just before we went to the break, uh, there was a question asked. It was pretty lengthy, but I'll go ahead and summarize it. Now, the question was, is there any relationship between the 666 or... 666 gold pieces that Solomon received and Revelation 13, which is the famous Mark of the Beast 666 verse. And um, 
Well, let's just read those passages. So if you look at 1 Kings chapter 10, it talks about uh, the Queen of Sheba and how she went to Solomon and bestowed upon him different gifts. And then it goes on and talks about, you know, their, their relationship. And down in verse 14, there's kind of this, this verse that um, anybody who studies the Bible will go, wait a minute, that's a weird number. But here's the verse. 1 Kings 10, 14, and the weight of gold that Solomon received yearly was 666 talents, not including the revenues from merchants and traders and from all the Arabian kings and the governors of the territories. And then it goes on to talk about how he took this gold and just lavished and he made hammers and shields and the cups were made out of gold, not even silver. And it was just treasures were just commonplace in Israel. And then you have in Revelation 13, a lot of people are familiar with this verse. It says, uh, Revelation chapter 13, verse 18, this calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. And there's great debate and speculation as to what 666 is. And I've heard all of the Debates and arguments that, you know, it's a gematria for Nero Caesar and it's uh, actually, you know, a symbol for the, the Muslim uh, symbols that are, are used by uh, Islamic terrorists that they wear on their headbands. And uh, I've, I've heard, you know, that it's a generic theory about man evolving into God and uh, all of that is interesting speculation. But the question was... Is there a connection between Solomon's 666 pieces of gold and the mark of the beast? And, and most people probably aren't even familiar that Solomon received this amount of gold. The short answer, in my opinion, is that there probably is not a connection. When you read 1 Kings, it is uh, just a ledger entry. It's kind of matter-of-factual. Here's how much he received every year. Now, if you did want to take it a bit further and say, well, why did he receive that every year? You know, why wasn't it 650 pieces of gold one year? Or why wasn't it 800 pieces of gold? Why was it always 666? This is where uh, I would say, this is my opinion. This is a thus saith George, not thus saith the Lord. I think it's an interesting correlation uh, that after... He built the temple. That was the previous chapter. And 1 Kings chapter 9, it talks about how he built the temple and then two other houses. And then he goes on and receives this 666 amount of gold. Then we see he begins to violate God's law by multiplying his chariots and taking wives. This is Solomon, of course, doing all these things, violating law. It, it, he turns his heart to other gods. And I think it's an interesting correlation because constantly in the New Testament, we Christians are called the temple of God. We are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we are as he is, so are we if we have received his spirit and his nature. And uh, what's interesting, again, in my opinion about the Mark of the Beast is that um, – there is this correlation of 666, and I believe that our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit is quite literal. And uh, if you use Solomon as a guidepost, 
you need to be careful <laughs> that uh, you you don't violate the law and uh, partake in in a downfall like Solomon. I think it's a generic warning. But again, I don't think there's a direct correlation. We could probably talk about six hours on that question and, and revelation and all that, but we're going to go on to the next question. Uh, let's see. We had this one submitted. It says, Paul says, do ye not know that you will judge the angels in 1 Corinthians 6.2? I've heard a lot of silly exegesis on this passage, but never directly connected it to Revelation, Deuteronomy 32, or Psalm 82. Is there any correlation? Wow, these are uh, these are big questions. I hope everybody out here has got their theologian uh, hats on, or maybe hopefully you're learning something. If you do have a question about these or comments, 863-682-1430, but let's go ahead and try to answer this question. It says, do you not know that you will judge the angels? 1 Corinthians 6.2. And uh, then... The submitter of the question asks if there's a connection to Revelation, to Deuteronomy 32, and to Psalm 82. <clears throat> and I, I think, yeah, they're probably all related. First uh, Corinthians 6.2 seems to be a reference to the reclaiming of nations. Uh, here we go. This is going to offend a lot of you Christians out there. This is going to offend your... Sunday school upbringings and sensibilities, but I, I want you to hear me, take it with a grain of salt, and then maybe we can converse about it. But right now, the nations are ruled by gods, lower G. Uh, now, I, I, their authority has been nullified through the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, but they're still fighting for their turf. They're still opposing the Great Commission. And ultimately, these, these gods, which are mentioned in Deuteronomy 32 and Psalm 82 in the Hebrew, it, it makes it very clear that, that Yahweh, the God of gods, he sits in the council of these divine beings and says, look, you were supposed to rule the nations, but you're not ruling them justly. So now you're going to be judged. And God is prophesying in Psalm 82 about how he, Yahweh, the God of gods, is going to bring judgment on these other divine beings that were supposed to be ruling the nations justly. And so Paul in 1 Corinthians 6, 2 is making kind of this matter of factual statement. Yeah, you guys should know this. Don't you know you're going to to judge uh, the angels. And so again, all of these Old Testament prophecies, <clears throat> they're talking about this displacement of these divine beings that were supposed to work with Yahweh, with God, to rule the nations, and they've now been replaced by us. We who have received the nature of God through the gift of Jesus's death, resurrection, and ascension— we who have believing loyalty to him, we are to rule and reign with him in not only earthly places, but in heavenly places as well. We are the uh, ones who sit with the, the same authority that Jesus took from these divine beings. He gave to us as he was uh, ascending in Mark chapter 16. All authority has been given to me, Jesus said in Mark 16, and now I give it to you to go and to do the Great Commission. So, yeah, I think this is a reference to Deuteronomy 32, Psalm 82, and even Revelation. Uh, in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, we, we see the same kind of a language. And uh, <clears throat> let's look at Psalm 82. It's actually a pretty interesting 
verse, when it talks about how these gods are sitting in the divine council, well, it goes on to talk about how uh, Jesus is going to basically rule over these gods in, in Psalm 110. So 82 talks about how these gods are going to be judged because they weren't ruling uh, and, and making good judgments and leading the nations to honor Yahweh. And then in Psalm 110, we see that God says to God, and uh, in the Hebrew, it is Yahweh says to Adonai, or the Lord, that you will be put, and you will be put on the throne, and you will rule with a rod of iron, and all of your enemies will become a footstool. And that's exactly what happened. Jesus died, he rose, he ascended. Now he sits at the right hand of the Father. That's where he currently is. He's our advocate. He's our intercessor at the right hand of the Father. And he'll remain there, according to Psalm 110. And we'll just read that real quick. And the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool at your feet. And the Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of the enemies. Your troops will be willing uh, on the day of the battle. And it goes on to talk about this uh, declaration of how Jesus rules and reigns. And that's where he is now. And that is what we are to do with him. And someday he'll come back. And all the enemies will be his footstool, and he will take sin and death and hell, and all those who don't want to be with Yahweh, he'll give them just what they want. This is Ask the Preacher. You can call in, join us in the conversation, have your questions, concerns, contradictions that you think are in the Bible, have them answered. 863-682-1430. We'll see you just after the break. And let's get back to the second half of Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. They're located on North Socrum Roop Road in uh, Lakeland. John Freed is out, but sitting in is George Locke. Welcome back to the program, you beautiful people. It is great to be talking to you here on Friday. Hey, just a reminder, August 23rd, that is uh, in just about two weeks, that is Election Day. And it is vitally important that we defend the republic, the constitution, protect our children, and vote in people who are, uh, one, going to do just that, protect the constitution, protect the republic, um, but are going to make sensible decisions and uh, actually make Polk County School Board great and uh, make Florida great, continue to make it great. We're going to get back into some of these questions. These have been... uh, some big theological questions. I hope you guys are enjoying it. You can call in 863-682-1430. Have your questions, your concerns, things that you just can't figure out uh, about the Bible. Call in. We'll do our best to answer it. Uh, that's 863-682-1430. We're going to go on to our next question, and this is a really good one. So I want everybody to pay attention out there. Uh, the question <clears throat> is in regards to a, a couple different uh religious concerns but but here's the question did jesus ever claim to be god many religions islam for example say they believe jesus was a prophet but that he himself never claimed to be god now that is a really good question and it is a question that stumps many believers uh, but a good answer is pretty easy to understand. First of all, he didn't 
announce. Jesus did not announce his deity right away. And this is not just implied, it's stated pretty explicitly in in, uh, Mark chapter 1. In Mark chapter 1, verse 34, it says that... uh, Sorry. Mark 1, verse 34, Jesus is driving out demons and says, you know, the whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Then early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and he left the house. And if we go on, we keep reading, we see that in verse 45, there's just so many people. He couldn't even get into the city. And so he didn't announce his deity right away for a couple of different reasons. He kept it secret. We see that in Mark chapter 3, verse 6. And also, Jesus needed to fulfill his purpose. Uh, If we look at John chapter 7, verse 30, uh, this is John chapter 7, verse 30. It says, at this, uh, at what? Well, Jesus said, you know me and you know Uh, Where I am from, I am not from here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. And at this, this is verse 30, they seized him or tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Jesus needed to die at the appropriate time in the appropriate way. He had to die on the cross specifically. And we've talked about this in previous episodes as to why that is. And if you want to know, call in and ask that question. But he had to die on the cross specifically exactly the way that he did. From the trial all the way through the ascension, everything had to happen exactly the way it did. So that's why he didn't reveal his deity right away. It was to protect not only his his ability to travel and to move, but also to make sure that he would fulfill his purpose. However... Jesus did call himself the Torah, and he called himself the Word of God itself. For example, when Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life, he is quoting Deuteronomy, he's quoting Isaiah, and he's quoting Proverbs, where each of those verses respectively says that the Torah is the way, it is the life, it is the truth. But then Jesus does one other thing. In Mark chapter 14, verse 62, Jesus is finally, at his appointed time, brought before the Sanhedrin. He's brought before the the high priest. And in Mark chapter 14, verse 62, they ask him pretty bluntly, hey, you know, are you the Messiah? Are you the son of the blessed one? And Jesus says, I am. And Jesus said, and you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven. And at this, the high priest tore his clothes, and we do not need to hear any more witnesses, he asked. Uh, You have heard this blaspheme. What do you think? So what Jesus was doing here is he wasn't just saying, yeah, you know what? I am the Son of God. But he was going back to the Psalms. He was going back to where Psalm 82 and Psalm 110, where he was saying, I'm not just the Son of God. I'm not just the word of God, I am Yahweh. We are one. I am he. So Jesus did declare his divinity at the appropriate time and in the most amazing drop the mic moment way he could have. We have a caller on the line. We're going to take their question. I'm sorry, caller, your name is? 
Saga, Hi. Saga, thank you for joining us. <laughs> it's actually Saga Steve and not Saga Saga, but okay. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Welcome <laughs> to Ask the Preacher. Right. Oh, well, thank you very much. You know, you were talking, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go a little bit back. A, a few minutes ago you were talking about politics and what, you know, about the country and voting <laughs> and things like that. Mm-hmm. And something that I think people need to be re-reminded of is in this, especially this day and age with all the things that we have going on across our land, cities, states, especially our country, we need to be praying fervently over this country. We need to be praying over the leaders. We need to be praying over so many people and just protection for this country and what is going on and to really bring down a bold spirit for people, because I think that what I'm finding, what I'm hearing, is that people are afraid to speak up. They're afraid because the bullies have been around, and the bullies have, you know, all the cancel culture, this, that, and the other, and I, I think yeah. people are pretty much over the cancel culture. But we need to pray up, because prayer is what this country was founded on. It's what this country was built on, and it is the only thing that is really going to take us, as in the country, as in Americans, through what we're going through, because we are in a very serious battle of good and evil. And I think that people hear that, and they don't really grasp the gravity of that, but it is so true, and you need to wake up and pray up. I agree. well that's, said. That's, I just I, I want to hit that home and hammer that home because it's so much more than the rhetoric rhetoric we're hearing. It's not it's not you know Democrat Republican. It's not about you know that. There's there's such a evil force trying to divide us in so many ways. Whether it's vaxxed, unvaxxed, masked, unmasked, conservative, uh, liberal, no matter what it is. And we have to realize that we are Americans, and we have got right. to come together to save this country. And we really, we need to pray. We need to pray like crazy. We right need on. to absolutely pray like crazy. And so I have not been hearing anybody do like, you know, let's call for a National Day of Prayer, especially after our Constitution was so shredded on Monday when... uh a former president's home was raided in such an unconstitutional way. It's like, you know what, we need to pray. We need to pray like crazy over this country, yes. over our yeah. our leaders, our constitution, all that. So well, I just and wanted with to that being said, that and, and you thank you for calling in. Thank you for sharing uh, your thoughts and your comments. And you're right. And, and with that being said, um, the one of the saddest verses in the entire Bible, in my opinion, I've, I've said this before on the program, is Jesus was praying at the Garden of Gethsemane, and he took he takes his best friends with him. And he says, guys, let's pray because I'm about to, to go through the passion here. I'm about to go through this trial and, and pay for your sins on the cross. And he goes to pray, and after an hour, he comes back, and they're all asleep. And Jesus, I mean, you just imagine the scene. He's sweating blood. He's, he's going to the Father in prayer and he comes back and his best friends are asleep. And all Jesus says to them, doesn't yell at them. He doesn't, uh, you know, he just says simple words. He goes, could you not even pray with me for an hour? 
You guys have no idea what I'm about to go through. And you can't even pray with me for an hour. And, you know, lots of people want to defend the Constitution and, you know, I'll try to take my guns over my dead body or whatever the case might be. And, and we, we have these grandiose ideas of how we're going to save the republic, but most of us can't even pray. If you guys want to really get involved in prayer, I would encourage you to visit a ministry. You can go to theheartofprayer.com or go on Facebook and search for the Continued Covering House of Prayer. They're a ministry out in Auburndale. They're not a church. They are designed to be uh, a tool for the believers and for the churches to come together in prayer. That's theheartofprayer.com, or you can just search on Facebook for Continued Covering House of Prayer in Auburndale. And last week, I I read a— Here's another another thing, though, is to make it super, super simple— Whenever my husband and I sit down to eat, we always say grace. And God knows a moan is a prayer, a tear is a prayer, a cry is a prayer. And even if when you're sitting down to say grace, if you just say, Father God, please cover this country also, just a simple anything, and have that be your cue to pray, even if it's a teeny tiny prayer like that, all of those collectively gathered up are huge. Those yep. are our cries for our country. We ha- I mean, just any little thing. To go to those places you said is fabulous. However, don't wait. Yep. I mean, if you're in your car, pray. Just, you so, know, Father God, I don't even know what to pray. I, just, I, I agree help. with you, Saga. we got to go to a quick break. You guys right. are listening to Ask the Preacher. Thank you for calling in. Phone number is 863-682-1430. We'll see you in just a few moments. Fourth and final segment now of Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church in North Lakewood. Here's George. Yippee, we are back. Hey, just a reminder, if you want to call in, have your questions answered, or join in on the conversation and share your comments and thoughts, it is 863-682-1430. Right now, we're going to go to James in Auburndale. James is joining us. Welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you for letting me talk about you on this, on your topics today. Uh, one was, as uh, far as the election is concerned, uh, next week, could you be able to expound on uh, the people who are the incumbents, the ones that are in office that we need to kick out? Because I don't know who is sometimes these school board members have uh, been in there all this time, and I don't know who is on the ballot that would be the one that's the incumbent. So if you could expound on that next week, I'd appreciate it. And also, uh, talking about your 666 number, uh, I believe in the old days they used the numbers like 666, have been as far as pounds are concerned, things like that, which they would weigh so that they could be able to have it easier increments to carry stuff in boxes and stuff like that. That's why I think that the 666 is not really related to the revelation application. Is that, does that make sense? And I'll hang up and listen to your response. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, well, to answer the first question about next week, we will absolutely do our best to uh, give our uh, insights about candidates and where they stand on issues, which will hopefully guide you. If anybody has questions about um, uh, those topics, I would encourage you, askthepreacher.com, submit a question just like that, and we'll do our best to respond. Now, we have to be careful, depending on who is uh, giving responses, that we protect uh, you know, laws that are in place for endorsements and things of that nature. Um, but we will do our best to talk about it next week for sure, uh, which will be a week before the election. So very good. As far as the second one, yeah, I mean, there have been 
tons of books and lots of ink spilled on the topic of 666 and what it could be and and all those things. And uh, like I said, I, I personally don't think there's a direct correlation between Solomon's 666 gold pieces um, and Revelation, the Mark of the Beast. I suppose you could pull some exegesic information out of it and go down some bunny trails and, and, and you know, try to make connections. But on the surface, there's nothing sinister about the number for Solomon in 1 Kings 10. So, yeah, I think you're very possible that uh, that could just be a ledger entry, an amount of, of weight mentioned in 1 Kings uh, chapter 10. We have another caller on the line. Jim, welcome to Ask the Preacher. You got a few moments hey, here, Jim. Hey, preacher. Hey, um, six six six. The Bible says it's the number of a man. Man was created on the sixth day, and the Antichrist will declare himself God created in His own image. Man created in the image of man. Six six six. Doing away with, with God and then declaring Himself to be God. That's simply what it is. Six six six. Number of man. Fair enough. Good interpretation. Thanks for, thanks for the plug. But it's a good interpretation, and uh, I think it's viable. I mean, like I said, there's there's some people they 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 see it as gematria that where if you're not familiar with the term, it's where each Hebrew letter has a number associated with it. So you take mm-hmm. a name like Nero Caesar, and you add up all the numbers, and it comes out six six six. Only problem with that is Nero was dead, uh, yep. you know, before uh, yeah, that said, happened. They said that about Hitler. They said that yeah. about Reagan. You know. Yeah. It's just simply the Antichrist declares himself to be created in his own image. It, and made, instead of being made in the image of God, made in his own image. Yeah, and, you know, my, my personal opinion on that, again, this is a uh, thus saith George, not thus saith the Lord, but he declares that in the temple, and he declares himself to be God in the temple, and I, again, take it very serious that our bodies are temples. Uh, you're either going to be a temple of the Holy Spirit or you will be a temple of some other spirit. And uh, it's it's pretty interesting that this philosophy that man can become God, it goes back to the garden, it goes back to the original lie that that uh, the Nakash, the shining one, he seduced Eve, that you can become your own God, but you can't be. There's only one way to truly live forever. It was our first question, which was everlasting life. That only comes by the sacrifice of Jesus. Jim, thank you for the call. This is a reminder, guys, that next week we will do our best to talk about uh, how we as Christians should be voting um, and which candidates would probably be a good representation of biblical values. And uh, just a reminder, there is only one way to have true eternal life, and that is by putting your trust in what Jesus did on the cross, not our own good works, not on how righteous we can be, but it is trusting him and putting on his righteousness like you put on a parachute. Thanks for joining in. You can go to askthepreacher.com. We will see you next week.